You all are my favorite people, people. Welcome to Capital P and People Work Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of people, wellness, and the future of work. I am your host, Gabby Lubin, CEO and founder of Spark This Day, the two-sided platform that equips employees with wellness and HR people professionals with data. Today, I am joined by Maisha Ford. Maisha is a people associate working in the computer software industry with experience in onboarding, HR records, employee hiring, and data analysis. Uh, Skilled in maintaining relationships, effective listening, shared company values, and managing all employees across all levels of an organization. She is an aspiring strong human resources professional with a Bachelor of Science uh, focused on business management with the minor in human resources from Carlo University, which she just completed in December 2022. So congrats on that first. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. Maisha, we're so excited to have you on this podcast. So thank you for being here. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, um, on Capital P and People Work, we like to value both the human and their accomplishments. We heard a little bit about your accomplishments. Tell me, who are you as a human? Um, so I would say a lot of times, which this is probably going to be shocking to a lot of people, I'm an introvert. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love alone time. Um, so I'll probably go into how I got into HR. Um, basically, like a lot of our stories dealing with dead end jobs, jobs that are only looking at you as a number and not really as a person, mm-hmm. um, jobs that don't hear your, they'll ask you for your voice, but don't take it into consideration. Um, and dealing with that for, you know, the I want to say the past few years, I think it's been extremely frustrating because sometimes when you know what you can bring to the table and it's like, you're trying to get there, but it's like, no one else is listening or they're like, oh, okay, we'll do this or we'll do that. But it never really happens. So I think for me, um, really understanding and even working in a place where I see other people with potential as well. And I'm like, they should be in another seat. You know what I mean? They might be in the right place, but they're in the wrong seat. Like there's so much potential in this person why, why can't we develop and why are they not growing? Um, so I think for me, when I started learning more about human resources, because I got my bachelor's in business and that's originally what I wanted to kind of stay in the business realm. But I started to see like, you know, there has to be companies that care about humans. Like this is not normal that, you know, so many companies just are like, well, you're a human, whatever. We don't care. Just come do your job and even if you're dying while you're doing your job, we don't care. It's like, there's no empathy, you know what I mean? And I think for me personally, um, I think a lot of times people think because you're introverted, you know what I mean? Being in HR probably wouldn't be the right seat or the right fit. But in reality, with introverts, at least me personally, I observe a lot. You know what I mean? I kind of watch how someone may interact with one another. I may watch how Um, someone speaks to another person or how they speak to, you know, someone with a higher seat versus someone that's on the same level. Um, So a lot of times I think people think when you think of introverts, like antisocial, and some people are, my boyfriend, for example, is one. (laughs) Um, And I was that way at one point in time. But over time, I think, you know, when you start to uh, meet good people, you start to open up more. And when I made the transition into make, uh, becoming an HR, I'm like, yeah, I want to work for a company that actually cares about their employees. So mm-hmm. I would say me as a human, I'm just a person that really wants to see people grow, including myself, of course. But knowing that I'm working with a company that is seeing what I'm seeing and trying to get there, whether they're 
still in the progress or not, but just still understanding like, okay, yeah, I see what you mean now. We can develop, we need to start developing employees, you know, ones that want to be developed as well, not just because we feel like that's what you want, you know, still getting to know a person and how they feel about their career choice or their career goals. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am so excited to dig into all the different nuggets that you just shared with us. And uh, before we like jump too far and ahead here, I want to ask you about your capital P word for today, how you're thinking about people work in general and um, what was, what's I'm kind of reflecting on and, and you just helped me um, reflect deeper into that is my word uh, today is power and just remembering that you as an individual have so much that you, you are worth so much, you are so much and you have power in any situation that you are in. And it's about you like understanding that and, and exerting that. So uh, that's what I've been thinking about, but I'm curious to hear what your P word is. So I came up with positivity. Um, and I think the reason I thought of that when I think of people, because even in HR, it goes back to, you know, I think a lot of times, and I've experienced it as well, HR is just about the company and not the people. And we're the opposite where I work. We are about the people, but as well as the company. Of course, there's business decisions that need to be made that you can't just say, oh, well, we have to, you know, just work on this first and just ignore the person. It's like, well, no, we can work on that first and then reach out to them and ask them, you know, what's going on, what's the issue? Um, so for me personally, I think po having positivity in people um, and making them feel like this is a positive experience as well. So that's what I mean when I say positivity, like making sure that our employees are feeling like they can come to us for any reason about anything. Um, of course, if something's too personal, we understand that that's not, you know, something I don't want to intrude in anyone's personal life. But if you're having a day where you're like, I need five minutes, I need, I need, this, I need a second. If anybody asks for me, I ran out for five minutes because I'm just not having a good day. Um, and I think a lot of times if someone working in HR, when you think of us just being, uh, well, we're about the company, we're about the company. It's like, no, that's where positivity comes in because it's like, I want you to have a positive experience and I want to give you a positive experience. I don't ever want someone to feel like we're just in HR and we're just like, well, we're only about soft writers. And it's like, no, we, we really do care about our employees. You know what I mean? That's kind of why I think our group is so unique and small because we all have the same values. We all have mm -hmm. the same purpose. We all have the same mission. So I think once people get to know you more and really interact with us. And that's why we go back to building relationships because you want people to feel comfortable and having a positive experience, whether they, you know, grow outside of the company and move on, you still want them to feel like, no, this was a great company. It's just that I can grow more here for whatever reason. So, yeah. Well, I'm sensing this like really intentional energy that you bring to your work. And you said you transitioned into this. So talk to us about why you decided to make the transition and, and what is your purpose and in, in, in being here and helping employees? Yeah. So I would say, um, so it started, I worked for Rivers Casino for about two years. Um, you know, a lot of times we had, you know, I had one manager that I could speak for. She was awesome, but she wasn't she was the manager of the restaurant and not the entire building. So we would sometimes have issues with certain managers, like they'll ask us certain things, but then we try to give our feedback. It's like, okay, whatever. And it, and it felt a lot of times like, well, why are you even asking me? Like you're wasting my time as well as I'm wasting yours because you're asking me, it's not going anywhere. 
And you weren't in HR at this point too, right? No, this was a different no. role. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was a hostess at uh, Rivers Casino. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I sometimes would like make certain decisions for the company, not the company as whole, but for the restaurant, like there was a situation where uh, we closed at, we closed at 1 a.m. and it was a New Year's Eve day. So, you know, I said to my manager, I usually used to close at one, but that year, particular year, I closed at uh, midnight. Well, I left at midnight, not closed. I'm sorry. And, you know, I asked her before I left and I didn't, you know what I mean? I always say, you don't have to do things. And sometimes when you're already frustrated with the company, you may feel like you're not obligated, but that goes back to me having that good relationship with her and not wanting to leave the team members just you know, running amok or confused or things going left. So the first thing I said to her was, are we closing exactly at one? Are we extending the time? She said, no, we're closing at one. I said, well, I'm leaving at midnight. And because we didn't have uh, the pagers, you know, for when people are waiting for their tables, I said, it's very, very crowded. I think we should stop. And for the last hour, hour and a half, we just have to have first come first serve because it's, if we're trying to close at 1am, there's no way we're going to be able to close. And someone's you know, people gamble, they're having a good time, they're drinking, they might forget that they even have a table and they might come back and they're like, oh, well, we were waiting and you're like, we're closed. So it goes back to even being, uh, caring about the customers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I think dealing with sometimes just having, like she definitely took it into consideration and she actually was happy that I came up with that idea. Um, but when I talked to people that were above her, I was like, well, it's almost like they were kind of going against like fighting me with it because it was like, I came up with something so small, but why do you want to control it? You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Hmm. Um, and then when I left uh, Rivers Casino, I did a couple of customer service jobs. Wasn't my thing. So I moved on and I worked for a company where uh, we would work in a room where we basically count large amounts of money. So I would count hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars a day. And that company was extremely toxic. And I think that was the first time where I experienced where employees are toxic, management is toxic, the company as a whole is toxic. And a lot of times we would have huddles. And I think what frustrated me the most about that particular position and company uh, was because when we would have huddles, we would say how we felt. And it was just like, well, we can't do this, we can't do that. And it's like, but we're having these conversations every day for what? What is the purpose behind this? Why can't certain things, like if you're going to ask me a question, why not take it into consideration? Even if you feel like it's not a good idea, then maybe tell me, okay, this is why this won't work because of X, Y, and Z, if that makes sense. So it sounds like these jobs, they were really struggling, like one, to give you autonomy and, and making decisions, like two, really actually listening to what you were saying and just kind of checking the boxes off of like, oh, like someone kind of said we should maybe do this, so we'll do it, the huddles, but I'm not going to do anything about it. So it's just sure. kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like those were all very hierarchical Mm-hmm. places yeah and I, you're feeling a fire in me too like I, I it's 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 interesting because I think back in the day a lot of these organizations were much more just normalized right it was more normal for us to be um you know trying to climb the ladder as much as we could and kind of just like take the crap that was <laughs> at the bottom and you know I've I've been there in in teaching it was definitely different but it was an expectation that as at least in the beginning of my career that I would 
stay at work for X amount of hours, like do everything in my ability to try to support the children. And that was just the expectation. Like it wasn't said necessarily, but it, you know, that, that was how it was. Um, that's how it was behaviorally communicated, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm curious before, before we get to the, the, the question of like, when you started to, to change your opinion on, on what career would be best for you, mm-hmm. h- how did this all feel? How did it feel to be in this position? Did you know it at the time that it was this frustrating mm-hmm. or was it kind of just like the daily grind and ignoring? Cause I've been there. I've, I've done the ignoring. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. So I would think I, I want to say when I first, you know, when I originally first went to this company, I didn't even in my mind think I would have been there for four years. The plan was do maybe a year, find something else, get out, finish a degree, whatever. Things happen. You know, life happens. Yeah. Sometimes you can't find things. And I think, you know, knowing what the market even before now and now, it's a lot harder to get certain jobs when you don't have the degree, even though they'll say, well, you, you know, it's preferred, but a lot of times they're path, you don't have the degree, they're not going to do it. Um, so right. I think for me, it was just like, okay, now it's like, I need to hurry up and finish my degree. And now it's more so like, let me focus on figuring out a way to maybe try to get this situated so I can get out of here. But like I said, I didn't want to jump into a job that I knew I wasn't going to stay in either. So I think that's why I was kind of stuck there for the amount of time I was because it was more so of a thing of, I don't want to just go to a job and then I don't like that one. And then I, it was more so like, I need to be somewhere steady and I'm just going to have faith and work hard and I know something will happen. So yeah. for me, I think um, going back to dealing with, I want to say the first year was, it was just smooth sailing. Like it was, was an easy job for me. It was like, okay, this is nothing. You know, I'll stay over time if they need it, if they need help, things like that. That was fine at first. Um, but because our job was mandatory every time it got to a point where I want to say the last two years we were working sometimes 10 to 14 hours. Um, sometimes it was so toxic. One of my coworkers and her girlfriend would argue because her girlfriend thought she was having an affair. And it was like, no, I'm literally stuck at work and I can't text you right away. So once I started realizing like people are being affected in their relationships, mentally, physically, emotionally, like we've had situations where people are crying um, because they're so frustrated. That's when I started to say, hmm, this is like, I need to figure out where I need to go. What's my purpose? And how do I want to help people in these situations? Um, because a lot of times, even with in my job, I would sometimes if I see someone crying, like, well, you want me to help you with something, especially if I know I'm done with my work and I can see they're frustrated. I'm like, I'll help you. Like, I'll take some of their work sometimes without even saying anything. And they're like, oh, you helped me so much because I felt a certain type of way. So once I started to like open up a little bit more and get to know certain people. I'm like, okay, if I'm feeling how I'm feeling and I know they probably feel a certain type of way. And when you know, like I always try to say this without being rude, but when you know you have something to offer, it's like, if I can't provide that here. This is not the place for me. Um, and I think when it came to HR, even working with that company and the company prior to them, uh, the HR departments, they weren't that great. Like, you know, there's certain situations I had when I worked at one of the companies and I needed to uh, go through FMLA. It was like, I had to kind of tell her how to do stuff and it was crazy. And I'm like, I don't even, I haven't even taken an HR class. How am I helping you with this? Like, this <laughs> It was then, intuitive for you. Yeah. And then the recent <laughs> company, they were, um, I would hear stories about people trying to contact HR and it was hard. And I think I even tried to contact them once and it was frustrating. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, 
HR should be about people. So that's why I love that when I came into soft writers, the first thing they say is VP of people, director of people, people associate. I like that because it shows that we really are trying to get to know and interact with our team members. You know what I mean? And I always say, it's not about making friends, even though making a friend is good, but being respectful to one another is mm-hmm. like the most important thing you can do in any career whatsoever, because it's not about making friends. If you want to, that's great, but it's about respecting one another and hearing each other out and really listening to what someone has to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you've completely flipped your experiences from what you had into what you are doing now. So first of all, congratulations, because I I know that not everyone is able to say that. And I hope, well, let me ask before we dig more, how does it feel to have flipped that? How does it feel to be in this new working environment? Um, For me in the beginning, it was overwhelming. And I think for me, it was not overwhelming in a bad way, in a good way, because when I started, um, when I was looking for jobs, I'm not big on temp jobs, really. Like if it's temp to hire, I'll do that. But I'm not really like when I started, I was only supposed to temp from February to August. Like there was no temp to hire. It was literally just temp. So um, when I was there, I want to say around April was when the VP of people, she was saying to me, like, well, we really want to try to get you to stay. We think you're a good asset, even though, you know That's what I mean? Great. You're still finishing up with school. We think you just would be perfect for the team. But she also, you know, ensured me that, you know, it's not, a, it's nothing set in stone yet. I need to talk to the president and, you know, we'll get back to you. But if we can't do that, then we'll try to help you find something else as the contract is ending. Um, so luckily for me, I was offered that in May. So I think it was just such a um, accomplishment for me because even the temp agent was like, uh, my, the woman I work closely with, she's like, I've never seen that since I've done this. Like a lot of times the temp is just a temp. Like they don't yeah. usually transition to have you a temp and then hire you on. So I think when you know you have something somewhat to bring to the table and then when you feel like somebody's actually seen that I think that was where it was overwhelming and I'm just like this is almost like it was like a breath of fresh air and anything I was feeling before worried about it was just like all that was out the window Mm. Mm. that's really rewarding to be in that kind of position really rewarding Mm. I always say I'm very blessed (laughs) I'm very blessed because a lot of times you cannot just I didn't even come out of school getting the job. I was still going to school and working full time and still trying to learn. So um, it was definitely a, it was a great and experience that was worth, it was worth the wait. Like if I could do it all over again, I would, if it meant this is the outcome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to replicate that. So if, you know, Mm -hmm. folks are, um, most of our listeners are in HR or people work, as we like to say, in some different capacity. So, um, some people might be out of a job right now. It is hard to replicate that. But when you, when you know you're in the right place, like it feels right in your bones. Like it just, it, it makes sense. Like the pieces are connecting. Um, so I'm excited that you're there. That's great. (laughs) Um, so talk to me about how you see the workplace having evolved even just like over the last few months because yes you've you've been in the same workplace for now 
for less than a year. Yeah, a little less. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but there's been a lot of change with, you know, a possible or definite economic downturn with, you know, the trend of quiet quitting with all the fun buzzwords that we like to talk about. Like, how, how has that change been for you in this position? And, and has it has it rocked the boat? Has it not really been an issue or... I'm going to say we haven't really dealt with the quiet quitting necessarily since I've been here. Um, But I will say uh, I've noticed uh, the turnover for the most part is pretty low, but I want to say the, since I started, it probably started to pick up a little bit towards the middle of the year. Um, And I think that goes back to the economy right now um, because we are a sister company and our parent company kind of makes certain decisions. I think sometimes people don't really realize like, we can only do but so much like we can of course talk to our parent company throw ideas out but they make the final say for certain things so i think um when i would notice like we have exit interviews like a lot of times um for some people it seemed to be pay um but when i think of like culture and things like that that was never our issue so that's when yeah. it would come back to okay let's see what's going on is there something maybe we don't know about should we be looking somewhere else should we be, uh, you know, figuring out why are we not meeting the needs uh, financially as everyone else? Um, but that goes back to having a budget and all those things. So it plays a part. But one thing I think I tend to notice from when I started to now, it seems like uh, more people are comfortable with certain, because I don't want to say, I feel like transparency as a whole with the companies really well, but I think, um, it seems like more people have psychological safety, if that makes sense. Like they feel yeah. comfortable going to their managers and saying things, or even if they put something in one of our, cause we have poll surveys uh, weekly, well, monthly, I'm sorry. And anytime we usually see those questions, uh, we'll take our time to try to read it out and then answer back. Cause I know sometimes some people don't want to, maybe they want to be anonymous. So we do give that leeway if you want to express yourself that way. So I do think that it seems like more people are using avenues to express themselves more since I've started. Um, before it was pretty good, but I think it, some people still were on the fence about certain individuals and, um, you know, some individuals left. And I think sometimes that lightened up moods and ways as well. So I would say that's probably the major change I've seen. Like, I feel like more people are feeling comfortable really saying how they feel and not feeling like, oh, am I going to get in trouble for this? Or is there going to be backlash or things like that? Yeah, I'm, that it exists in other companies, so it's not without validation. But um, getting to psychological safety is such a critical, critical part of the culture of a company. Um, so critical. So you talked a little bit about monthly surveys. What other things do you think have helped uh, support that sense of psychological safety for them? Um, I would say even uh, we had recently, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, it's like an assessment if it comes to my mind I will think of it it's a very popular assessment I cannot believe it's not triggering that's okay that's okay you can describe Um, it we would take smaller groups like engineering groups so say we have like for example team fusion is all of our managers and things like that so we had a small group of engineers that work closely together and we use their top strengths. And I thought that was really cool to do because you get to understand one another, how each other works, whether it's you know personal and professional, you kind of get to understand why, 
for example, if a person's one of those people that like loves to read documentation and you're wondering why they're not getting uh, coding properly or something's off, you may understand why, oh, they go down a rabbit hole of looking for things, if that makes sense, or this person's very into coding, that's why they're very uh, analytical or things like that. Um, so I think that was helpful uh, for the teams and they actually said it was very helpful. And I think that uh, going into this year, we'll probably plan to do that with more teams, but we did it with two teams and it seemed to be like a success. Like people were saying like, this clarifies so much and now I understand why my team member's doing this or it helped a lot and it was fun. You know what I mean? It wasn't some boring, we're going over, you know, reading stuff off the screen and just reading it and saying, what do you think? It was more so everybody interacted with one another. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of nice just to kind of get to know each other on a professional and a personal level. Yeah, no, I've, um... I've done that in other workplaces too, like doing certain psychological surveys that have been like highly researched, et cetera. And then I think the benefit is you get to learn more about yourself first, because sometimes you don't have that kind of self-awareness or, you know, you kind of start questioning something and you didn't know it was there. It's kind of like what your therapist would might tell you. And you're like, wait a second, that can't be true. And then you see it happening over and over again in your life afterwards. Um, I think it's really helpful personally. And then you're absolutely right that it, it helps you connect with those folks. I know um, me and, and our COO, we work really closely together and we have learned very quickly that I am a visual learner and she is an auditory learner. And sometimes when you're in the same room that that just doesn't work super well. So we've had to help accommodate for each other. So it's so important for teams. Um one that we used at, um, just to throw one out there for, for folks who are listening, and maybe this would be helpful for you. It's less, it's more about like personality types a bit less than like your left versus right brain kind of mindset. But, mm -hmm. um, oh my God, now I'm blanking on it. What is it? Oh, the four tendencies quiz. My goodness. It's the four okay. tendencies quiz. So it's like, um, are you, an obliger, a rebel, and there's two more. So it's essentially like, how do you, um, I'm going to look it up right now, or tendencies quiz. Um, it's, oh, uh, yes. Uh, there are four different ways that you can um, react with the world around you. So there's a questioner, which means you like question everything around you and you need to have the answers. You have to know like the why before you do anything. Mm -hmm. Then there's the upholder and they meet personal expectations, but also like are kind of a people pleaser. They meet all outside expectations. And then the mm -hmm. obliger, which they meet everyone else's expectations, but never their own. Mm -hmm. And the rebel, which doesn't do either. So as a founder, I'm a rebel. So that's what yeah. I've learned. And it came back <laughs> to me with the Clifton Strengths assessments. We did those strengths and we would use it to understand one another and figure out like whoever, you know, some people like two people might have had responsibility. And when you start to understand their personality, you're like, makes sense. Now I see why you are the way you are. It, I totally get it now. Um, yeah. So that was just really fun to do. And like I said, I think moving into the new year, we definitely need to do that more with smaller groups and even with our executives as well, just to so they can mm. understand, OK, this is why my teammates might not understand me or this is why my teammates are a little nervous to come to me because they want, you know, I might be a person that wants to control everything and not really realizing like this is time for them to learn. Let me fall back. You know what I mean? So it's definitely interesting to see. 
Yeah. Self-awareness is so, so, so critical. And that's why for um, our uh, Spark to Stay resource, the product that we make, we started to embed some occupational wellness components in it too. Mm -hmm. So like even just reflection questions on how you're feeling about your work, Mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't do that. (laughs) And sometimes it's a protective measure and that Mm -hmm. like, I get it. Again, I've said this already. I've been there. Um, But then sometimes you you need to do more reflection. Like we need to be thinking about how we're feeling about work and do we like the boundaries that have been set? Do I need to push back on them? Who knows? Amazing. Um, So something you were sharing about earlier that I'd love to touch back on is you use the phrases like your voice and your seat. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want to dig into what you think is so important to do as an HR people person to be able to give those people the voice or the seat? Mm -hmm. So I would say from a personal actual experience, what I'm dealing with now, we have a uh, specific person in a specific role that was kind of, I don't want to say given to her, but they were like, this is what you're going to do now. This is what it is. Um, And I think at one point, you know, she was a little nervous that she thought, you know, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know because I'm not a good fit. You know, I'm I'm a right person, but in the wrong seat. So that goes to say, okay, well, we know she likes to talk to customers. We know she likes to deal with customers and she has support experience. So maybe let's see if we move her over here in the future, if we're able to, you know, once she just figures out what she wants to do exactly, um, then we can have the right person and the right seat. And one thing I always even uh, in general feel, and I've even told her, well, one thing I know, and this is only me knowing that from speaking with the VP and execs, um, they will not have you, especially because they put you in that position, why would they just get rid of you? We're gonna try to find you the right seat. Now, if it doesn't, if it no longer works for the company and you don't feel like you even wanna be here anymore, then that's when it's like, okay, well, we can help you find the right company, right seat, right person, if that makes sense. I mean, it's putting like their decision, like they get to be, they get to have a seat at the table of their decision. Like at the end of the day, like they Mm -hmm. are what matters, right? It's not just, Hey, there's an opening over here. Like we'll put a body Mm -hmm. there. That's so, so, such a different way to be thinking about it. Um, Then let's talk, like, I'm curious about the voice part. Like you've already talked about Mm -hmm. how how important listening is. And that was a part of your bio even. Um, Why? Why do you think listening is so important, which I guess for a lot of our listeners is kind of a a duh thing, but like, how do you use that too? Well, I know one thing I will say is listening to understand and not listening to respond is probably one of the best things you can do. Um, Yes. But a lot of times I really try to listen to everything that someone's saying and taking to like always, I'm one of those people I'll think of, what if that was me on the other side? How would I want someone to handle me? That's just how I, I've always thought that way, whether it was me working customer service, any past jobs, even if I didn't work directly with customers, I always just think, how would I want that person to run my company or run or help me with something? So I think when you're listening and you really try to get their perspective and then maybe like for my example, a lot of times, like if she tells me something that, you know, you know, I'll try to say to her, well, you know, just reach out to so-and-so because they can give you the direct answer. They're not going to, you know, tell you one thing and it's something else like and I think for her I don't know if it's just you know what I mean because this goes back to sometimes when you're different departments this swag comes back to really 
getting more involved in all of the departments. And it's not always that easy when you're coming in new because you're trying to <laughs> learn the company and learn individuals. It's a lot. But one thing I will say is I think me, her, me and her having that rapport, I think it helped her to say, okay, let me not be timid about this. Let me just talk to that person. And I think that's what helped the situation, uh, make the situation move along even more because she was able to get an interview for something that is more so right fit, right seat for her. Um, and I think she feels, um, when we first kind of talked, because I was able to see like feedback that was given about me from my manager, just to kind of use that information to see what I can do better. So I think when you have, when a person, you're allowing a person to have a voice, they're going to be comfortable coming to you for a lot of different things. And that, that yeah. goes back to trust and honesty and just being who you are. So I think if, as long as you're, I want to say maybe like if, as long as you are able to understand one another, I think to a certain degree, it works out. Um, but sometimes I think some people go off of maybe there's things where people are like, well, that person looks mean. And it's like, no, they're not that bad. They just might have a look, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to take what you have to say in consideration. And I think sometimes when people are coming from other companies, they think that, you know, a lot of times, well, nobody listens to me. And it's like, but have you tried? That's, that's the thing I'll say too. Like, well, did you try to reach out to them or you're just hearing different stories? Because if you haven't tried, that's, you have to try at least. And then you can say, well, I've done X, Y, and Z and it's not working. Um, but a lot of times I think the, one of the reasons why I think that employee trusts me is because a lot of times I do what I say. I don't just say it and then I don't get back to you or I'll say I don't know. You know what I mean? And that goes back to honesty. I'll say, you know what? I think it's this, but let me double check. I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you. That's just something I'm, I've been taught that way as a kid. So it's just like yeah. in me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, um, I think that's such an important point that I could not yell or say anymore. <laughs> like doing what you say and meaning what you say is so critical. Another thing I learned when I was in teaching and, um, you know, teaching kids who did not always get that from right. their home lives. And um, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I'm not a parent myself, but I, right. My, some of my friends are, yeah, like I, I know many people who are parents. It is not easy to do that. But if you are able to do that, at least in your workplace, um, it, and you should do it in your life in other ways, but <laughs> we'll say workplace because we're talking about the workplace here. Um, like that is the number one way that people will begin to trust you 100%. hundred percent. Oh, thank you for reminding me of that. It's so powerful. <laughs> We'll say it again. Mean what you say. <laughs> Do what you say. Um, oh, well, this has been so such an interesting conversation. I wanna I wanna ask you before we wrap up here. Mm -hmm. Where do you think we're going in the next few months? Like what is what is the future of work in the next few months gonna look like? Because you know, things things are changing and the, the economic climate is changing and um you know, HR is a kind of hot topic right now, which is exciting because it gets, you know, we get to be at the forefront of what people are thinking about. But um, what are your predictions for it? Um, I would definitely say getting more data driven. Um, mm. And it's funny that you asked that because that's something I had brought up to uh, my managers and they actually took it into consideration. So I've been doing like little projects on uh, trying to understand the data that we're receiving and trying to help 
make better business decisions and people decisions as well. Um, and that is great. I would say that's definitely big. I would say coming up and even developing individuals, um, getting better hands-on with that. Um, because a lot of times I think, you know, at least with this company, I know we're trying to do it to where you don't have to, oh, well, I want to work in software engineer. I have to be a manager is the next step. And it's like, no, you can still kind of do some of the managerial duties without necessarily managing people if you don't want to. So trying to create jobs where you're getting more, um, more work, more pay, of course, but you don't have to necessarily maybe take that step to manage people if that's not something you're looking for. Um, and I know I will also say probably uh, so much with HR. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, yeah, good. Say, uh, development for sure and uh, analytics. I think that's this next year is going to be like really, really big on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, learning and development and like, just like career trajectory has been top of mind for a lot of people. And then we're in, we're in the wellness space and we've been really excited about it because we've finally figured out how to have data around how well employees are. And that is something that like we all, we need as individuals, like that's the reason why Fitbit has worked so well because we wanna understand ourselves, right? But um, for companies to have that kind of pulse check is is different, it looks different. Um, if, if companies gave everyone a Fitbit and then looked at how many steps people walked, it has nothing, no correlation with, well, maybe a little bit of correlation, but not enough of a correlation with actually how how um, well they feel or happy they are. So um, love data. We love data. Good. Well, Maisha, uh, this has been such an awesome conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with us today. If people are looking to follow up with you or learn a little bit more, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn Learning, uh, Maisha Ford, or you can also email me at mford at softwriters.com. Uh, so a lot of times someone wants to reach me, I'll usually try to, I'm not on LinkedIn as much as I like to be, but <laughs> I do try to hop on there every now and then and interact with people. So that's probably a good way to reach me. But I want to say thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> as this was my first podcast and I was a little nervous, but it was a great conversation. And it was just nice to finally uh, meet you virtually. Of course. So. Of course. Hey, a podcast is really just a conversation at the end of the day. That's what I've learned. So yeah. I'm glad to have, you know, ripped your bandaid off for the first one and, and hopefully a positive way. So thank yes, you, Maisha. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Capital P and People Work podcast. Fam, we'll catch you next time with a whole new conversation on the intersection of people, wellness, and the future of work. Until then, make sure to rate our podcast and share it with your favorite people people. We'll see you soon.